Now peering into the horizon of 2020, I have been gripped along with many leaders across the world that we are at the dawning of a 2020 vision of breakthrough into great harvest and a new worldwide manifestation of Jesus in his evangelistic power. Born out of 30 years of history and a prophetic storyline that points to this moment called now, we are calling forth a global 40-day Jesus fast in 2020 for the whole body of Christ. We are focusing the fast during Lent, which goes from March the 1st till April the 9th. This vision is not carried by one man or one ministry. Hundreds of leaders across the world will blow the trumpet of faith-filled fasting for their own nations, cities, and churches. Many can blow this trumpet call far wider than I. Let it be a movement, not a singular ministry. Heaven is groaning for the unified sound that will sweep the skies of demonic obstacles. The veil that covers all nations must be swept away so that the eyes of the blind may behold the glory of God in the face of Christ. Let the church pray the Lord of the harvest to hurl forth laborers into his harvest field, then go and preach the gospel. So here are the values and prayer points of the global Jesus fast that the church worldwide could take up together in fasting prayer. Many, many leaders may add to these values and streamline them for their particular ministries and callings. First, that the church would return to its first love. Second, a wide-scale breakthrough for overcoming personal temptation to walk in holiness and spiritual authority. Third, a global manifestation of the ministry of Jesus the Evangelist. Fourth, a global unceasing prayer movement commanded by Jesus himself. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Fifth, the unity of the body of Christ. And sixth, after the fast, the global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and seventh, pray for the gospel to reach every unreached people group and to open up governments that are restraining the freedom to preach the gospel. We need everyone to help spread the word. Okay, so I just preempt that because I th I'd really witness with my spirit. Um, and if something happens globally, we usually know that God is in this because with hundreds of leaders coming together in unity, you know, I'm, that's a miracle in itself. So um, here we are. Well, today I want to talk about one body with many parts. We are the body of Christ. So if you got your Bible, you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 1 with me. And we just read a couple of verses Ephesians chapter 1, one, starting at verse 19. And Paul is writing, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. 
And he alone, Jesus Christ, is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. Jesus done everything that he could do while he was on earth. And when he ascended to heaven, he gave the great commission. And we heard about that in the last, the last couple of weeks, about us going and making disciples of all nations. But we need to realize what that actually means, because it just, it's not just going to happen. So Jesus' position right now where Jesus is, he is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. The church's position, where are we? Spiritually, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Physically, we're here on earth. We're living two-dimensional. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places spiritually, and physically we're here on earth. And our mandate is, and our assignment is, to make disciples of all nations, but also to bring, establish, and advance the kingdom of God wherever we are. And Mel was saying that already this morning. You know, we are to be Jesus wherever we are. At work, at school, at the gym, wherever we are. Whatever we do, we are to bring the kingdom of God because Jesus is in us all. So the church... The ecclesia, which means assembly, okay, is not a building. The church is the body of Christ. Locally, well, first and foremost, it's the church, it, the church is here. We are the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ, but we're also the body of Christ with many parts. We have the body of Christ in our city. We have the body of Christ in our nation. And we have the body of Christ globally. So I want to read to you another passage of, um, of Ephesians 4.16. It says, For his body, which is us, has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. We are a living organism. 1 Peter 2.5 says that we are living stones. He calls us living stones. We are a living, we are a living organism as, as the body of Christ. So what, is, what does our bodies look like? What does our physical bodies look like? If you have to have a look, we've got arms, we've got legs, we've got a nose, we've got eyes, we've got ears, we've got a brain. Well, most of us have a brain. <laughs> that was a joke. No, we, we are made, our physical body is made up of many parts. And so is the body of Christ. We are made up of many parts. Many parts. You just look around. Okay, we're all different. But we're, we're all one. So I want to I read another scripture because it just sums it up so perfectly. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12. 
one body with many parts. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. We are the body of Christ. When, if you're a believer, you are part of the body of Christ. As I said before, you are a member of this house as part of the body of Christ. We're a member of the wider church on the coast. We're a wider member of the body of Christ nationally and also globally. And so we all have a part to play. I want us to take a moment. I want us to individually just take a moment and just have a think. I'm going to put a quick few questions out there. Have a think about what that looks like for you. Where, where do you fit? Where do you fit here? What is your part of this body? Where, have you got a part in the, in the body of Christ in the city? Have you got a part of the body of Christ in the nation? Have you got a part of the body of Christ globally? Have a think about that. Your part in the body of Christ. Where, where, what does it look like for you? Where do you or where are you being used by God? How is God using you as a member of his body? Because I want to tell you, even the little toe has, the little toe has a very, very important part to play on our physical body. It helps with balance. If you stump your little toe, you know all about it for quite a while because your body doesn't function properly. So are you maybe a little toe and you think you're not much, you're not contributing much or whatever? But if you don't fulfill your function in the body, wherever that is, okay, 
the body doesn't function properly. Where are you using the gifts that God has given you? Where are you using the gifts that God has given you? Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know how God wants to use you? And sometimes we know, but we're holding back because of all kinds of limitations that we put on ourselves or lack of confidence or whatever it is. God wants to use each and every one of us because we are all part of one body, the body of Christ. Some gifts are more seen, like we saw tremendous gifts this morning in the gift that Shannon Karina and Tim have for worship. That is a tremendous gift. And it's used in the body. It's used for Jesus. It's, I don't know what it's done in you this morning, but it certainly encouraged my heart as I was worshiping God and declaring the truth of the name of Jesus and what Jesus' name does. You know, we don't necessarily come, well, we shouldn't come here to necessarily get something out of our meetings. We should come here, what can I contribute? What can I give? So thank you for Michael and Kirsten to share testimonies because testimonies are really, really powerful. Because if God can do it for one, he can do it for everyone. He is no respecter of persons. He doesn't have any favorites. He doesn't. So we all have been given gifts. We all have been given something that God wants to use and work through us. And so his power is released when we acknowledge the gifts that we have and step out in obedience and use it when God wants us to use it. One body, many parts. That's what the body looks like. But how does it function? How, how does it function? How do we actually manifest the body of Christ? And I'm talking here in this house. I'm talking what I said before. Locally in the city, nationally, globally. How does the body function? Well, first and foremost, it works in submission to the head. Who is? Jesus, the head. He is the leader. He is the source for everything. And so we first need to live our lives in submission to his lordship. We need to live our lives in submission to his authority. His authority is the foremost authority in our lives. And so we live in submission to him, the head. Because even, even our bodies can't do anything unless it's released in the brain. The brain directs everything our body does. All of our nerves for seeing, hearing, smelling, movement, muscles, muscle movement, any joints, tendons, everything is controlled by the brain. So everything needs to be controlled by the head of the church, which is Jesus, whatever happens in the body. And so we live in submission to Jesus. The second thing is we need to, the body functions only when we walk in humility. We don't get puffed up about the gifts that we have. We don't promote ourselves when we're used 
by God in the body of Christ. We, we live in humility. We don't get proud. We don't act superior. We don't get rude, you know, and, and think of us more highly than what we should. We need, we need to walk in humility. Um, Micah, I think it's 5, 7 says, but what does the Lord require but to walk humbly before him? To um, act in mercy and to, do, and to be kind, to do good. So humility is really, really important. When you want to be used by God, be humble. Yield to him, surrender to him every day. Be grateful that God is using you. But let's not get puffed up and, um, and think that we've got something special going here in, in the body. Humility is really, really important. The third thing is, it's honoring. Honor is really important. That we honor one another's gifts. We honor one another's personality. We honor one another because it is so important that, that we have this honoring of one another and to encouraging one another and to cheer one another on rather than this tall poppy syndrome when you see someone being used by God, you criticize them, you judge them, you try and find faults and you cut them down. Now, honor, honor is really, really important. So, you know, honoring each other's gift will release more power to you as well. Because um, when, we come, when we come in the spirit of God, then God sees, he sees that and he will increase us in whatever we, he wants to give to us. So honoring, honoring is really important. And the last one, and that is really that, we read that in verse 26 in 1 Corinthians 2. It talks about if one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone is honored. Or if one is blessed, everyone is blessed. You know, we need to have hearts that are encouraging. We need to have hearts that are compassionate. We need to have hearts that are empathetic. We need to have hearts that are empathetic. So when one person suffers, we all suffer. But can I say just something for us locally here? If we don't know what you're going through, we can't be there for you. We can't help. I know in the past we have had people in hospital we didn't know about. So how can we look after people that are sick or how can we help people and support people in their difficulties if we don't know about it? And so this this house is a safe place for you to, to share what's going on. If you are struggling, let someone know so that they can help. Not everybody needs to know, but someone needs to know, and especially the leadership needs to know that, so that we can pray, um, and Ben and Jess can pray, and, and we can help and support you in your struggles. We can exercise compassion and empathy. So if you suffer, because we all suffer, and so, and also when one is blessed, like, like Kirsten is being blessed with a house, we're all blessed because we can share and rejoice with her in, in, in that because it's been a long journey. So, for, you know, we can, we can rejoice with Jeremy and Adriana. We can rejoice with Dan and Haley, you know, having, having new babies. And I want to say something here prophetically. These babies born this week in this house, 
there's always a sign of life. Life coming. Like we have four, we have four little babies in this house now, which is really a miracle for a church as small as what we are. But it is a sign of life, and it is a sign of God is, is on the move here. And God wants to do something. God wants to do, us, do something in us, but he also wants to do something through us. Because with the life that we have inside of us, with the Holy Spirit that is inside of us, God, God wants to use us. So I want to encourage us. Okay, be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. Walk in humility. Honor one another. And encourage one another and be compassionate and kind. And I want to finish, and it's a quick message, but I want to finish just with something that the Lord has spoken to me many, many years ago. I, heard, I actually heard a preach on it, and it, it really changed my life. Um, 1 Corinthians 4. One to six. I'll finish on that. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you all to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. We've got someone in our lives that tries our patience. I'm sure we all know what that's like. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. That last verse is really, really important. That God works through all of us and he lives in all of us. We have to be very careful how we treat one another. Because if we treat one another badly, we're actually treating Jesus in them badly. Because we all carry the Holy Spirit. We all have Jesus inside of us. And we are united in the bond of love. It's not a puppy love. It's not a, it's, it's a lovey-dovey love. It is the God kind of love that loves unconditionally. We are one. We are one in Jesus. And God wants us to work and operate as one. Just like he does. Just like he does. He, he operates, Jesus operates in love. He operates in peace. He operates in power. And God wants us to do exactly the same. Being his body here on earth. Extending who Jesus is here on earth. And um, I want to pray. And if you, if you want to be used by God, if you want to use your gifts more for God, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're up on stage or whether you're at home in your prayer closet. Whatever it is, God can use each and every one of us in whichever way that he wants to. As I said, all we have to do is being submitted to his lordship. So, Father, I pray this morning for each and every one of us, Lord God. I thank you that you have given gifts to each and every one of us. 
Lord, you are God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want to thank you that this morning we are seated with you in heavenly places. But we are your body here on earth to advance, to establish your kingdom, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us, Lord God, would search their hearts and find that place where you want us to contribute and play our part in the body of Christ. Lord, whether it's here in this house or in the city somewhere or nationally or globally, Lord God, wherever you want us, Lord God, we want to be used by you and play our part so that the body of Christ can flourish, so that the body of Christ can be seen as the bride of Christ with you as the head and you as the bridegroom. Father, we want to pray today, Lord God, for laborers to go out into the harvest field. Lord, for those of us who have got evangelistic giftings, Lord God, that we would not hold back, but that we would, Lord, preach the gospel in, a, in any which way that we can, Lord God, to represent you wherever we go, to truly be, Lord God, your disciples, Lord. And Father, show us, show us more and more, Lord God, just what that looks like for us as individuals, what that looks like for us as our community, Lord God, in this city. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this in your mighty and powerful name. Amen.